It's been a busy week in Stratoland. Yes. Well, we were at what is possibly the most relaxing launch of a new apartment building ever. <laughs> That's true. And uh, all sorts of announcements from the government. So we'd better get cracking. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I edit the Flat Chat website and write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. So, we were at a very relaxing launch. It's kind of weird, I mean, to be honest, at the, <laughs> the Mervax, uh, what was it called? The Portman on the, on park. the park building. Well, I guess they. it's all kind of centred around wellness. Yes. They, you know, everything's very healthy and kind of sustainable and mm. green and meant to be the buildings meant to make you happy and relaxed and everything so they tried to make us happy and relaxed during right. the, the launch well yes to give us a sense of what it might be i guess um to live there because they've got a building in george street an office building which has a well rating mm. and they want it to be the first apartment building in australia to have a well rating mm. so i had a quick look at what gets you a well rating what does Water, clean water, clean air, and good light. Oh, okay. So basically anything that helps you to be physically and mentally healthy mm. is going to get you those things. Mm. So uh, we had a water sampling. At the oh, yeah, water tasting, yeah. Water tasting. And because I don't drink, I thought I'd be really good at the water tasting, but in fact I was appalling. You're rubbish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost got them all exactly wrong um and we had a very nice food very healthy food mm. and then but we were all taken into a darkened room and we had to meditate yeah for, we had a guided meditation for which a few i found quite stressful but <laughs> because you had to breathe at the same time yeah and they but it was a spe special kind of length of breath that you had to have which was a bit beyond me hold your breath for eight seconds yeah it's that's not relaxing I, at all. I, don't, I thought I was going to fall off the chair. <laughs> I was sitting there in complete darkness, and then suddenly I feel these hands on my shoulder around my neck, and I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> my previous life has caught up with me. <laughs> yes, and because I'm a boxer, one of the my favorite um, movements is when someone comes at you from behind and you do a back of fist Right, whack a reverse whack. to someone to get yeah. them on their nose. Yeah. And it was all I could do to <laughs> not do that. And I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah, I'm sure the masseurs. It turned out they were a team of masseurs giving yeah. us a, a neck yeah. massage. Neck, yeah, neck mm. and head. Mm. It was very nice, actually, once you relaxed into it. Yeah. Um, but this is all part of their wellness thing. And, and then we got to look at the interiors uh, for the... And then, well, the film show was first. Oh, the film show. Film yeah, show. sorry. Yeah, this, there was this amazing kind of 3D film thing with showing the buildings and where it would be 
Well, will ordinary people who go to sign up for buying off the plan, yes. will they get that? They'll yeah. get that? Right. Because it was more kind of an impressionist film, wasn't yeah. it, really? Yeah. It didn't show you so much about the apartments. It no. showed you a bit. But it kind of just gave you this wonderful feeling of luxury and a great feeling of being in a city of lights mm. and what it was going to be, the kind of sentiment and the emotions that you might feel at this new place. It was it was really quite interesting. It was. It was um, and very the film different. showed over the ceiling and on the floor and on the four walls. Right. And uh, at one point I thought, oh, I feel a bit dizzy because it was moving constantly. But yeah. then you close your eyes for a second and then <clears throat> and then you're okay again. Of course, I spoiled it for myself by noticing that one of the CGI characters that they showed sitting at the cafe was also walking <laughs> down the street. I don't know how you notice these things, Jimmy. It's, it's ruined so many films for me. Yes. Um, and you. And then we went out and we saw the interiors, and I thought it was really interesting, like, because uh, as with most new apartments, depending on how much you pay or what your tastes are, you get different finishes. So the, we're in the show apartment and, you know, in the kitchen and the, and the bathroom and the bedroom and all that. But then they had images, like big screen images of this is what the interior's like if you choose these finishes, but then they click a button and here's what it looks like if you choose these ones. So it's the same kitchen layout, but with the different finishes in Which it. Which is such a good idea. Ah, oh, brilliant. For people like me who don't have much imagination and can't really picture those different finishes in situ, it was a real revelation. I thought it was fantastic. And then I got to speak to, or we got to speak to, Tina Engelin, who's part of our history because she uh, designed the building in which we live, which 20 years ago, mm. or more than that, uh, Engelin Moore uh, designed this building, and, uh, and she's designed the Portman on the Park. And so I had a quick chat with her, and it's a bit noisy in the background because there's all these people eating and drinking. But um, it was very interesting because I asked her what she would do now that she wouldn't have done 20 years ago. And this is what she said. So the one thing that I'm doing now that I wouldn't have done 20 years ago yep. is allowing the interiors to be designed by somebody else. All right, because interiors were your thing. Interiors and exteriors and the way they work together is my thing. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I, I don't really see where one stops and the other starts. Right. Um, so that's something that's changed. So we had a chat about collaboration and appropriately we were joined by Tina's collaborator, Will Fung, to discuss what it's like working together and the way they like to work. Uh, just being older and wiser, I see architecture more as a team effort now, and I think all the team needs to be acknowledged like a film. Uh, so, you know, there isn't just one person. There is one person that might do the first scratches, uh, and then other people come in and make those scratches better. And, and by talking to each other, we all make it better together. So I think that's something I might not have understood when I was younger because we had a lot of other issues to deal with. Uh, we were trying to change the world, and so all energy was going into that. Uh, so maybe, maybe as we get older, we obviously get wiser, we get kinder, we get we get more mature, we get deeper. So this Portman in the Park has three towers. Altair has two towers. Is this your thing that you create kind of isolated buildings within the building? Yeah, they're, they're neighbouring building. They're like terrace houses yeah. with multiple apartments inside. So they're like the Sydney Terrace House. They don't have the 900 gap between the two houses, which is pretty useless anyway. Yeah. So why not just use that space back within uh, the apartments? 
by putting them together, having different lobbies, you break down the mailboxes, you break down the interactions between the people. Right. I, you can say, I live in building uh, block B. You, you can have an ownership to where you live um, because you have a community within your, your little termite nestlets. But your termite nest is uh, joining up with two others to share the amenities below, and that's all cost-effective. So again, comes the substance. Um, so hopefully it's giving more for less. But we all know because of the silly Sydney real estate and the negative gearing, yes. that isn't actually happening. So do you think buildings, I mean, get, getting back to the idea of splitting the building in one, two or three, do you think buildings can get too big internally? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I think um, part of the rationale of this splitting the lift cores down and is also getting these cross-ventilated apartments. Because yeah. you have a big corridor yeah. with 20 apartments, they're always split one half to the other, like in New York. so they're not... Yeah. Like a white gangster yeah. movies. Yeah, you yeah, always yeah. saw those hallways. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's what we try to avoid, and yeah. that's how we get our cross-ventilation. It's and, also... Um, and because it is a planning control now that you have to hit a quota of number of cross-ventilated apartments right. and all that sort of yeah. stuff, So which is which wasn't we were back doing in that. the past. We were doing that before. Altair was yes. doing it in the past without uh, those controls. So now it's... Now there are rules for the worst offenders. Unfortunately, sometimes the good guys, like the turtles, get caught up in what I call the shark nets. Right. We could be doing even more or being better, but yeah. we have to now tick all these little boxes, which are right. possibly holding us back. Really interesting, that idea of the three different towers. That's kind of signature for her, mm. that she would never build a building. Like the, the Portman is a big building, but it's basically three towers side by side. And just like the, our building is, yeah, kind of ours two is two towers, yeah. Mm. And it's it's because she doesn't like the idea of the long, scary corridors. You know? Yeah, which is a great idea, really. Yeah. Say on, I mean, our building, we've only got four other, three other apartments on our in our lobby, so it makes it much more intimate than if you had a really long corridor. Yeah. And lots of different people live all living in the same lobby, so that's a real kind of luxury touch, I think. And. Tina was there with her collaborator, Will Fong, and they have a company now called Co-App. And uh, it was funny because I also asked him what he would uh, do now that he would never have done 20 years ago. And he said, um, turn up at an event like this because he used to be so shy. Oh. <laughs> but a really interesting building. Um, look, we'll put more detail on the show notes, and there might even be an, an article about this uh, online. Um, about the Portman on the Park. It looks... It's at Green Square. So, yeah. Mm. It looks really stylish. Mm. And uh, oh, one of the, the wellness factors that had just occurred to me, um, you know, we're talking about the water and the, the, the light and the air, the stress of not having high levees because they don't <laughs> have a swimming pool, they don't have a gym, all these facilities are nearby. So mm. that sort of take a little bit of stress out of your life. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the government's new real estate expert panel. Who's on it and who isn't? That's after this. So are you across the new expert panel, the real estate expert panel? Yeah, there's quite a lot of people on it, isn't there? But a lot. I think you noticed that there was um, somebody, a significant sector of the market missing. Yes, so they've got the the Strata Community Australia, who are the the uh, strata managers, basically. They've got um, 
Real Estate Institute, of course. They've got the Wool Growers, somebody from the Wool Growing people. I don't know what they're doing there. And, well, who, who they don't have uh, are apartment owners or tenants. So the consumers, the end consumers. The people, the least important people <laughs> in the whole thing, the people who inject all the money into the system. Um, yeah, so they've got the Property Owners Association, which is basically for landlords, but uh, they don't have the Owners' Corporation Network and they don't have the Tenants' Union. Mm. Now, to be fair, I called up both of those bodies and said, how do you feel about not being on this government real estate experts panel? And the reaction was pretty much the same, which was, I don't need to be on any more committees, <laughs> but we should have been on that one. Yeah, because I guess the Owners Corporation Network is volunteers, so they're kind of having to give up huge chunks of their own time yeah. to appear on those. And the Tenants' Union, I think they they work quite long hours and quite hard and yeah, yeah. got a lot of responsibilities. So, yeah. yeah they, so, so I asked the government people, the fair trading people, um, why they didn't have the Owners Corporation Network or the Tenants' Union, and they said this is for service providers, so I guess we just have to live with that. Um, what kind of things will they be advising the government uh, on, do you think? Well, I, I guess there's when you think of real estate generally and, and you've got rentals and buying and selling and, and you know all that stuff. I mean, I didn't notice anybody there from the developers. But, um, you know, so it's that kind of that nexus where the provision of accommodation one way or another meets the the clients but not mm. the owners or tenants so you know i guess that strata managers it would be good for them to be talking to real estate agents because they do their their interests obviously mm. cross over if not collide it does sound a bit like an opportunity for a bunch of people to get together i mean their first meeting agenda is going to be what are we going to be talking about mm. So uh, I, th I don't think anybody really knows what it's for yet, but mm. let's hope it's going to make everybody's lives better. Sure. And also last week, the government um, had a go at Labour because Labour promoted, uh, I think it was a private member's bill, that called for an end to no-fault evictions, uh, which is basically, as it stands in New South Wales, when your lease is up, or at any point given enough notice, your landlord can come along and say, okay, I want you out by this date. And usually the reason for that is so that they can put another tenant in at a much higher rent. Because if they just tried to put your rent up, you could go to the tribunal and say, look, this is excessive. Yeah, because you're only allowed a certain percentage rise. Yeah, I mean, they calculate how the market's going, etc., mm. etc. But it tends not to be at market rates. So a lot of people think, well, what we really need, if we're going to have people living in apartments or anywhere and renting, they should have some security of tenure. Mm. But if every six months the landlord can come along and say, all right, I want you out either so that you can get a new person in or so that you have to sign a completely new rental agreement, and it just makes the whole thing so uncertain and a mm. bit unfair. Yeah, because if we're saying renting is a lifestyle choice, it doesn't really become a valid lifestyle choice if you're going to have to upend all your stuff and move move along every time the market goes up. Yeah, so Labour had supported a 
private members bill to change that and the government the fair trading uh, minister said this was an attack on the landlords oh good god you know How i mean ridiculous. It, it is it's ridiculous I mean, you don't most have landlords to be are pretty fair and yeah. reasonable and they want to have good tenants and they want to have um tenants who are going to stay there for for a period as well yeah so to lump them all together like that and to try and pretend that it's an attack on them is well, it's to make it partisan, absurd. politically partisan. It's oh, ridiculous. Yeah, we've been banging on for ages about strata not being in fair trading because fair trading has so many other issues to deal with. And I was just reading today that there's the the fair trading minister off giving his tick of approval to show bags for the Easter show. <laughs> I mean, that's the level that. We operate mm. at mm. In bloody show bags, you know. And, and last week there was a story in the paper that that we talked about about the woman who found out that her uh, apartment had been uh, given a certificate certificate of occupation based on a false certification. Mm. So yeah, go and check your show bags, but do your job when it comes to people's homes. That's right. It shouldn't be just about a nice publicity opportunity with with an Easter bunny. It should be actually getting down to do these work to safeguard the quality of people's lives. People are putting their life savings into these mm. things and they're mm. getting ripped off and the fair trading minister is running around checking show bags. Yes, mm. yes. Right, maybe he'll find some certification in their show bags. That's because what some of them are worth. Hmm. When we come back, we're going to talk about another thing to do with government, which is the Airbnb short-term holiday letting blacklist. That's after this. Right, so there is a blacklist. No, there isn't. Okay, well, there was always plans for a blacklist. Well, there's plans. (laughs) There's an invisible blacklist. How can you have an invisible? Is that a whitelist? I don't know. It's <laughs> No, it's not a whitelist. Okay, time to talk sense. The government brought in a code of conduct for short-term letting. And as part of that, there's going to be a register of everybody who's doing short-term holiday lets. And as part of that, there was going to be an exclusion register for people who had misbehaved. So hosts, properties, or guests could be excluded from either letting or renting short-term holiday lets if they misbehaved twice in two years. Okay, so that's like if guests um, booked an Airbnb rental and had wild parties and and created damage, or for hosts... If who, they encourage that and yeah, keep doing it, right? Yeah, and so they really upset the apartment building, which they... Yeah. Or even oh, houses, or if it's yeah, a house, yeah. yeah. So the government said, uh, I can't remember exactly how they're going to do this, but at the beginning of December, they said, we're going to crack down on party houses, okay? And everybody went, yeah, great, thanks. And and what about the register? Of, and they said, no, we're, we're working on that, and we'll have that ready for June, And it came up in Parliament last week, you know, somebody was saying, well, what's happening with this register? What's happening with the blacklist, the exclusion register? And they said, oh, it's planning. Planning have got it, right? Mm. So you've got to ask planning what they're doing with it, they being fair trading. So I asked planning and I asked fair trading, what's happening? And I asked, have you got anybody waiting to go on the blacklist? Yeah. That people who have misbehaved twice already Mm. and there's been complaints 
as a roundabout way. And I got this interesting, kind of convoluted answer. But what it what they told me was, well, there is no blacklist because there's no register. But people who would have qualified to be on the blacklist have been told you would be on the blacklist. So you've got to stop renting or or, or letting uh, holiday lets. Wow. So are they actually stopping? We don't know because they've not received any publicity. Well, here's the other side of this. When the register and the exclusion register comes into force, the platforms like Airbnb and Estes and anybody else and rental agencies have to take those properties off the list and they have to ban those people from going on their list. They don't have to do that yet. Well, so they're still out there, the bad... The baddies are still out there and, and the bad properties are still listed, but the people who run them have been told to stop doing it. It's just kind of really messy. Well, why don't they just publicise it? Why don't they give their names to us? We'll publicise their names. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Partly I think it's because they don't don't really want to. Mm. You know, Mm. this secret blacklist thing is such a piece of nonsense. Mm. And it might be, you know, for all we know, there's like one person or one property, or it could be a hundred. They're just not very forthcoming in that regard. Yeah. Anyway, so it's been a while since we've talked about Airbnb. Yeah. I feel like it's like chatting with an old friend. (laughs) (laughs) Or an old foe, I suppose. Talking about old friends, uh, you had a bit of sad news in the past week. Yeah. There was a a few years ago, I did a story about um, a man called Barry Dixon, an amazing man. He was kind of... The uh, Daryl Kerrigan of um, the, the castle. castle. Yeah. He was holding out in his little house. He was surrounded by a big apartment towers. Yeah. And he was determined that he wanted to live in this house that he'd lived in for many, many years since he'd been married. Yeah. And he refused to sell up to the developers so that they could, you know, take over his space as well. So he lived there in his little house with his hills hoist in the backyard with all these apartment towers, all the residents kind of looking down on him. Mm. Um, But he lived there very, very happily for many years. Um, Well, when I say happily, he loved being there, but his wife died and he thought it was possibly... And the, um, the, the strain stress, yeah. of, of of all the developers kind of wanting them to leave, but um, he unfortunately just died last year, and uh, the house is now up for auction, and probably a developer will buy because mm. you know it's a valuable bit of space there, and it also takes the access is also got rights to the access of the <laughs> three level basement car park of the apartment building next door. Oh. So it's probably quite valuable for a developer to have, really. But it's kind of sad. It's, yeah. It feels a bit like the end of an era, really. It's in yeah. Coggera, and you know, this little nice house with a white picket fence is probably going to be gone very soon. And I think mm. it's been a bit of an iconic site for a lot of people driving past yeah. on the Prince's Highway. The last hole that. Mm. I, uh, I had a look at pictures. And uh, you can see the building next door to it that's gone up has a blank wall overlooking, uh, you know, immediately mm. overlooking that. And you can think the developer's gone, yeah, as soon as you, yeah. you know, we'll just tack another yeah. bit of the building onto the, yeah. the side of it. Ah, yeah. oh, sad story. Mm. We get Tina Engel in to do it. She likes separate towers. 
<laughs> um, look, there will be links to most of, not, if not all of these stories, on the show notes that go with this podcast on the Flat Chat website. So thank you for giving up your valuable time again to be with us. Great. Pleasure, Jimmy, always. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Wrap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.